Hello, this is Cody Sturgill, the pastor at Chilhowee Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily, a daily broadcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's so important we put God's Word into our hearts and our lives, and we pray that this message from God's Word will be a blessing and help to you. thing will not be provided or that this situation will not be resolved. And we live in fear and we begin to not worship faithful God, but to fear and worry and even worship the possibility of great trouble. Now what did the children of Israel do? The children of Israel knew that if they would rest in the Lord and they would trust in the Lord, He would meet their needs and He would prove Himself faithful. But what did they do? They started to get their eyes off the Lord and they began to worship and serve Baal and Ashtaroth and their rest became rebellion. And their rebellion led to something else. God rebuked them. You want to know something about being a child of God? It's not easy always being a child of God, but it is especially not easy to be a child of God when you are living in sin because no loving father allows his children to sin and get by with it. What happens when God's children sin? They're rebuked by a loving father. Look what the Bible says in verse number 14. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. What did God do? His children got out of line. He rebuked them. How did he do it? For the nation of Israel, he would literally allow the enemy to have control over the nation of Israel. And he would put them in bondage so that they would have to turn to God and have to turn back to the love of their father, God. Now, folks, I want you to know something. You live in rebellion as a child of God. God will not harm you, but he will hurt you. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, he'll chastise you. And he'll allow things into your world, into your life, that require you to come back to him. He'll chastise you. The things he does that hurt do not lead to your harm. They always lead to your betterment. And here's what he did to the nation of Israel. He would allow the enemies to take over until the nation of Israel got so sick and tired of being slaves to their sin that they would repent and turn to God and God would raise up a judge. The Bible says in verse 16, Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken to their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandment of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. What happened to the children of Israel? They rebelled against the Lord. God rebuked them. Then God raised up a judge. Eventually they would come out of bondage and be restored to strength and faith again 
and they would rest for a time. It's like a circle. Rest, rebellion, rebuke. God raised up a judge. God restored them, and they rested again. You see the picture? This is what happened to the children of Israel. They, were, they rested. Everything was perfect. They rebelled against God for a time. God rebuked them. God raised up a judge to get them on the straight and narrow. God restored them and gave them rest again. But they didn't stay there very long. If you read through the book of Judges, time after time after time after time after time after time, the Bible says that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord again. And the process repeated itself over and over and over again. The nation of Israel, the whole book of Judges, it's slammed full of characters. And I'm excited about preaching on as many of them as we can. Ahud, the left-handed judge. Gideon. Samson. I love the story of Samson. He's one of the judges. And there's many others. We're going to preach through some of them. But it's important for us to know what happened to the nation of Israel. They expended a lot of energy. And they wept a lot of tears and they repented of a lot of sins and year after year after year after year they went through this cycle it's a vicious cycle that never allowed them to go anywhere it kind of reminds me of a ferris wheel you know a ferris wheel is a great big circle it takes a lot of energy to run it around but as many times as that Ferris wheel makes its circle and makes its round as many times as it gives a little thrill and a knot in the gut of the people who are riding it. It never goes anywhere. It never moves forward. It never makes progress. And I don't want to have that kind of Christian life. I don't have that kind of, the kind of Christian life that there's lots of ups and lots of downs and lots of ups and lots of downs because I am rebellious against my loving Father. I want to have the kind of Christian life that represents the book of Judges. I'm sorry, the book of Joshua, where we just keep moving forward in faith, conquering ground, getting victory over sin, the flesh, and the devil, and seeing God do great work. I want to preach tonight a message. The, the uh, introduction is long. The message is short. The message is this, the cycle of sin. The cycle of sin. How can we prevent going in this vicious cycle, resting for a little while, rebelling against God, being rebuked, God raising up a judge, getting restored, resting for a time, and then it just starts all over again. How can we prevent that? Well, we need to understand where it starts and see some things here from God's Word. So we consider the cycle of sin. This looks so much like us. If you haven't seen yourself in the nation of Israel, you might need to look again. I see myself in it. Because... I want to do the right thing, but there are things that just constantly come up, and my flesh is weak. How many of your flesh is weak? you say amen? amen? And there's something that we deal with, and a sin that is easily besetting to us. And I want God to help us to get victory tonight. Maybe there's something here tonight that stands between you and God. You're his child. And tonight's the night to get rid of that, to cast it aside, to put it away. Let's consider the cycle of sin. Number one, if we're going to see this and understand it, we need to see the beginning of the cycle. The beginning of the cycle is partial removal of the enemy. Now, if you turn back in your Bibles to 
Judges chapter number 1. Now, we're not going to take time to read all this, but if we were to read the first 9, 10 verses, it would almost look like Joshua died and everything is going really good. Because we see testimony in Judges chapter number 1, the first few verses, that the nation of Israel and this tribe got victory over this enemy and this tribe got victory over that enemy. And they're continuing to move forward and conquer the land that God has promised them. But the wheels start to fall off. The Bible says in verse number 16, the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up out of the city of palm trees with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lieth in the south of Arad, and they went and dwelt among the people. Here's what God had told the nation of Israel. When you go into a land, utterly destroy the enemy. Now, when we apply this to our life, we're not talking about the people. We're talking about the sin. We're talking about the sin that is in our world and in our life that keeps us from moving forward and conquering what God has set in store for us, which is his blessing and his glory and his grace and his mercy and the victorious Christian life. Now, he it tells us that we're to utterly destroy the enemy. Sin is to be utterly destroyed in our lives. But what did the nation of Israel do? Well, they destroyed some folks and some of the enemy, but they went and dwelt among the people. They said, you know, I know what this whole sin thing is, and it's kind of old-fashioned, but, you know, I want to I want to dwell among the people. I just want to be, I don't want to be so abrasive. I want to be, you know, I want to hug and kiss and, wave back and forth and sing kumbaya, you know. I just want to dwell among them. And they did not utterly destroy the enemy. The Bible says in verse 19, The Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. What did the, what did the tribe of Judah do? They drove out the inhabitants of the valley, or they drove out the inhabitants of the mountains, but not the inhabitants of the valley. They left them out. You know what they said? They said, you know, we're not going to drive them out because, hey, look, they got chariots. If you're not, if I'm not mistaken, just a few chapters ago, a few years ago in the history of the nation of Israel, the city of Jericho had a double wall, 15 feet wide, and God demolished it, and they didn't make any excuses then, did they? But now they're worried because, oh no, the inhabitants of the valley, they have chariots. How many of we, how often are we guilty of having our little pet sin, this thing that we know is wrong, but we make excuses because, hey, look, it's hard. It's hard. I'll just tell you, it is hard. And Satan gets strongholds in our lives, and it's hard. But I want to encourage you to do something, utterly destroy it. Get rid of it. Do whatever it takes to separate yourself from even the temptation of that sin that does so easily beset you. They could not drive out the inhabitants. Verse number 21, the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites. In verse number 25, the house of Joseph, the family of Joseph, the Bible says that he uh, showed them the entrance into the city. They smote the city with the edge of the sword, but they let go the man and all of his family, the nation, the people that were leading the tribe of Joseph. You know what they did? They met this guy, and they really liked him. He was special. It was their special sin. And, you know, it's just one. And they said, let's just let this one go. How many of you, God has convicted you of sin, and you've just kind of let it go? That's what they did. They just let it go. 
and the nation of Joshua, of Joseph. They just let it go. Verse 27, the Bible says, Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shean. In verse number 28, the Bible says, It came to pass when Israel was strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. You know what they did? You know what the, what the, uh, the nation of Israel did with the Canaanites? They said, There's no sense in destroying the sin if we can make a little money on it. You know? They saw, they saw profit. The nation of Israel said, hmm, we can make a little money on this. I wonder how many times we've excused and made excuse for our sin because it has some profit margin. I'll just tell you something, that no matter what you make out of that sin, it's not worth it. And this nation, the nation of Israel would testify, and the whole book of Judges testifies to the fact and it does not pay to live in rebellion to God. But that's what they did. They excused their sin because, hey, look, we can put the Canaanites to tribute. And they can pay. And they can help pad our pocketbooks. The Bible says in verse number 30, Neither did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of the Kitron. Verse 31, neither did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Acho. Verse number 33, neither did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh. Do you see the point? What happened? Why did they continue in the cycle? Why did the nation of Israel not make any progress for God and His glory? Why? Because they would not utterly destroy the enemy. They only partially destroyed the enemy. They made excuses for themselves the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter 2, the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down this, their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Where did it all start? Why did the progress from Joshua stop? In the book of Judges, because the people did not utterly destroy the enemy. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit of God has put in your heart and in your mind right now, that is the very thing that is keeping you from moving forward for God and His glory. Is it pride? Is it rebellion? Is it, you tell me. We trust this message from God's Word has been a help to you. We're studying through the people of the Bible. And I want to let you know of a resource we have available at Chilhowee Baptist Church. It is a sermon series on the people of the Bible. Volume 1, the first 13 sermons of this series are available in full length. You can get those by reaching out to us at chilhowiebaptist.com.